Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesa Sunyavadi Pasyatya Desatarine Sri Krishna Tetana Prabhu Nityananda Sri Adveta Gadadar Sri Vasudhi Gauravakta Vinna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna. So, I want to read a little bit from from uh, remembering Srila Prabhupada. Um, since today is the uh, Vyasa Puja day of Srila Prabhupada, and I think it's it's very nice to uh, to just read something. Um, so I'm. I'm leaving now the the earlier pastimes of Srila Prabhupada before he came to the West. And I'll just go, uh, yeah, I'll read about the first days in New York City. Once in England, on a morning walk, surrounded by loving disciples, Prabhupada spoke of his childhood. When they were building the Victoria Memorial, he climbed to the top using the scaffoldings. You must have been brave, one disciple remarked. I'm still brave, or how could I have come alone? The New York, the New York yogi was just the opposite in his view of the absolute truth, but he kindly gave to Prabhupada a windowless room in his yoga studio. And it was just the kind of yoga Prabhupada had come to preach against but he had no temple or residence of his own, so he did not complain. He had no plan except to tell everyone he met about Krishna. He sometimes sat in the back and listened, and sometimes, and was sometimes permitted to speak. You say the Absolute is one, and we are all God, but how is it that we are now within the grips of, of Maya? How could one come under the sway? How could God come under the sway of illusion. Yogi Misra attempted to reply, but the vision of logic pierced the fallacy that denies and insults the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Whether in India, whether in New York or India, the Vaishnava cannot allow to be defa- the Lord to be defamed by a jugglery of words. That all is senseless. 
all is impersonal. God has no hands or ears or eyes to accept his devotee's service. Absolute is sentient, thou hast proved. Impersonal calamity, thou hast moved. Swami, said Yogi Misra, you do not speak, but Prabhupada could chant at least, and they liked to hear his bhajan. It touched the heart like something electrical, said Misra. No one can sing like him. Students of Hatha Yoga got up and danced with him. Prabhupada, you sang so nicely, not for show, but for devotion. Somehow, you and Dr. Misra got along. He very much liked your Krishna Prasad. Even the Mayavadi is charmed, and his students also. Swami makes the best food, they said. It is Krishna Prasadam, and Mishra advised him. He is a highly evolved man of God. On your own, you wandered out to Manhattan streets, seeing what this place was like. You heard the horns and sirens. A Calcutta boy you were, not amazed at the population's madness. You were encouraged to preach. New York is the proudest place, you thought. But look how degraded it is. A letter arrived from Sumati Morarji. I'm glad you're in better health and are already speaking in some lectures. I think you should stay until your mission is complete. Prabhupada had been thinking so to soon return, but this word encouraged him to stay. If people were praying for nonsense yoga, why would they not accept the real thing? He wrote to India to God Brothers for help in getting a building. <coughs> so just see, um, we are hearing about uh, Srimati Murarji. And Srimati Murarji, she gave Prabhupada um, that uh, passage on the Jaladutta. Although initially she was thinking that it, were, it would be too much for an old man to travel like this and, and that he might might die on the journey. And in fact, she was not wrong because he almost did. And it was only by Krishna's interference that Krishna saved him somehow or other. But then we see that Srimati Moraji later on also played a part. Oh. A letter arrived from Srimati Moraji. I'm glad you are in better health and are already speaking in some lectures. I think you should stay until your mission is complete. Uh, and, you know, and that was just the encouragement Prabhupada needs. Uh, just some encouragement to stay. And Krishna inspired her to say this. So she played a serious role, actually, if you think about it. Um, it was significant, although short, but significant not an ordinary uh not an ordinary personality mm. so all glories to shimati moraji on this day we are offering our basis to shimati moraji who was a vaishnavi in the uh, valava sampradaya and we offer our our respects to her and um in gratitude um, that by her mercy Prabhupada came and and also Prabhupada's day. Mm. You were alone in the city where no one knew Krishna. Only a backward boy came. 
but Krishna in your heart was your direct companion. You had your courage on the lonely, you'd kept your courage on the lonely Atlantic, and now alone in the ocean of vices, the Lord protected you, just as he protected the sages in the forest, loitering in neighborhoods, thinking how they could be transformed for Krishna's mission. But it seemed impossible, and you went to Sindhya's man to ask when his ship was returning. Still, you extended your stay again. Let me try a little longer. Subway trains rumbled beneath your feet. Steel reinforced concrete soared to the sky. Carcasses hung in the daily windows. The laws of the streets, the laws of the traffic, rush or get run over. The false sense of uptown civilization, dignity for two-legged animals. But then, why are you here? Now, because it's my duty, I've brought some message for you people as ordered by my spiritual master. Bhajans. Charms to soothe the savage beast, that soft jingling and your deep voice, they quieted to see how you were alone with Krishna. They sat and watched, not caring to flatter. You gave them devotional songs, singing of Madhurya Leela beyond the ken of the listeners, your eyes closed in ecstasy. You didn't tell them to join, but by a nod of the head, you indicated. It would be nice to sing. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And a few persons casually joined in chorus. Um, we can really see how there was no, no miracle. There was no magic transformation of the people just upon seeing Prabhupada. It was just Prabhupada who just went forward and with, with faith pushed on. First in Dr. Mishra's ashram and then alone um, in the Bowery loft with a crazy man. And then later he stayed in the... Um, in the matchless gift storefront. And we just see uh, Prabhupada carried on in those very, very early beginnings. And somehow or other, people became attracted. People could see that here is a genuine person. Here is a genuine guru. Here is someone who knows something. He is a saint. He is actually uh, not an ordinary person. They could see uh, just by his dedication. So uh, some took some interest and in just in chanting, not in making any commitment, but just joining him, uh, joining him to chant. You awoke, looking out of the window, and saw the next building all white. Someone has whitewashed? You walked outside into the cold, wet, deep. Your shoes looked less white now, and you didn't keep your feet dry. Iced air rushed at your throat and head and blew open the thin doti on your legs. For this climate, they had advised you, take meat and wine 
and wear hat, pants, coat. You accept it from Misra, a black wool secondhand coat, but did not become an uptown swami in pants and leather shoes. Seven inches had fallen overnight. The city was in emergency. At the Midtown Super Ed, you bought milk, clutching it in a brown bag. You walked through the cold and the snow. Um, yes, just alone, old age, in totally unknown land, in a huge city, a huge city where there was just uh, no one, uh, where there was just no one in that big, big city. Prabhupada was just alone, all alone, uh, worshipping Krishna and with the order of his spiritual master to somehow or other give the knowledge of pure devotional service as taught by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, that was it. And so um, we just saw everywhere uh, Prabhupada was aiming to bring people to, um, to practice pure devotional service. Not some watered-down version of prayer, not some watered-down version of, of just getting some religious blessings, not some watered-down version or for praying for material facilities and benefits. No. Prabhupada was teaching, teaching about pure devotional service, teaching about giving everything, pranirata diyavacha, all one's energy, all one's possessions, all one's intelligence, all one's words dedicated to the service of Krishna. Mm. When his uptown room was broken into and all possessions stolen, probably by the janitor, an acquaintance offered to share a bowery loft. With youthful daring, Prabhupada agreed and shifted there for Krishna's purpose. Despite insistent warnings from an uptown friend, don't go there. Prabhupada reasoned, I do not see danger. I see everywhere as home. Hmm. On one side was the half moon, a derelict's tavern, the Palma, a bum's hotel above that, and on the right, Harold's tavern, in a corner of the loft, behind a movable partition, he hung his clothes on the line, arranged his papers, and went on composing Srimad Bhagavatam. A set of artists and musicians living in nearby loves, lofts found Prabhupada more mystical than anyone else in town. They liked his music, struggling souls, covered with the mental grime of New York City 1960s. Their interest held at least a hint of inquiry into the absolute. Is there a personal God, an ultimate origin that cannot be known by Western science and thought? Prabhupada saw their motives were impure, but as long as they were willing to take up chanting, it didn't matter. <coughs> yes. Um, that was Prabhupada's god-brother, Akinchan, does 
Babaji, who uh, was the one disciple that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta gave the uh, gave Babaji initiation. So the Babaji initiation basically involves uh, chanting continuously. So he was so Akinchan does uh, Akinchan Krishna does was always chanting, chanting and chanting the holy name of the Lord. And uh, he was, um, he said that why, why was he, why was Prabhupada, Swamiji, successful, uh, whereas others had gone before, but they were not. And then Akinchandas Babaji said, because he had full faith, full faith in the holy name. Yes. Prabhupada knew, as long as they chant Hare Krishna, as long as they chant Hare Krishna, then everything will be fine. Even if they are not following any rules, even if they are not able to follow all kinds of principles. But as long as they chant Hare Krishna, then everything will come. And this is the, uh, this is the thing, uh, to chant Hare Krishna. Yes. The lower depths of Manhattan became his morning walking grounds. Bums sleeping on his doorstep moved aside as he stepped into the infamous streets. To his redefined taste, every feature of the Bowery was, uh, to his refined taste, every feature of the Bowery was repulsive. The drunkard residents, the cold weather, the lack of tropical fruits, the faces of atheists, the constant rumble of trucks. The blaring sinful life, the absence of Vaishnavas, a roommate whom he soon found chemically hallucinating, almost every feature meant inconvenience and repulsion. But Prabhupada smiled, enlivened. Where should he have gone instead? Some estate in the hills, far away from this madness? The city was the ideal place. But the awful fact that more tortured souls were here, and he had come to administer to them. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta had once refused a piece of land too far from teeming Bombay. After six months of trying, Prabhupada had now begun to gather listeners, talking about Krishna. He was blissful in New York City. Preaching here required being completely free, not a pinch of desire. It took willingness and satisfaction to manage everything on his own, cooking and offering food to him and being satisfied in devotion to transform the Bowery into Vaikuntha, took the realization of service in separation, assurance in living only for his holy name. He would go down and sit on a bench by the East River under the Brooklyn Bridge and think again about returning to India. Just a little longer, he would say to himself, let me see what Krishna desires. Three nights weekly, he was holding kirtan, Sometimes the room was almost filled. It was becoming a city happening to gather in the Swami's loft and hear the brass symbols and watch him lead chanting, hear him speak Bhagavad Gita, adjuring them to take the truth of the soul. He would hold his audience a few hours and then talk with whomever stayed late. Like restless children, they would disperse. No one sensed the need to follow. Yeah, there's the uh, 
the story about the, uh, the reporter who came and who came to Met Prabhupada and who saw the loft full of people and he walked across the loft to the other side up to that personality in, in robes and stood before him and said, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, I presume, as if it was Stanley and Livingston meeting at the Nile. And he said, yes, please. And then he asked the first question. He said, what are all these people doing here? And Prabhupada said, I don't know. And they don't know either. So these are the kind of people that somehow or other came. They didn't know why they were there, but they came and they were touched. Uh, and it wasn't all about that they all surrendered. But it was about, it was about simply these people, uh, these people taking up devotional service and, and particularly chanting of the Holy Name. Prabhupada had full faith in that, full faith that that would produce results and that the Holy Name would transform people and that the Holy Name would make devotees. <coughs> a village voice reporter arrived, advised by a contact that, is holy, that this holy man seemed about to start a major religion. The article appreciated the Swami as honest, learned, practical and direct. The photographer took some pictures, grey-white studies, of the pure devotee in a corner of the dingy loved. Those who came reserved their right to do whatever they liked. They were inclined to save in their day an hour or two for sitting with the Swami, meditating through his musical chanting, but then leaving him after his discord. Nor, not what you could call disciples. Prabhupada said, I know it will take a long time, but I'm patient. Yes. Yes, it, it was not just magic. It was not just hypnosis. It was not just some sort of mystical way to convince people. It was just by carrying on, presenting Krishna consciousness again and again. Some came, some went, some came back, some were never to be seen again. But there were some who just who just carried on coming or were becoming inspired. Moving to Second Avenue. There was assurance from the Bhagavatam that the words of Sri Bhagavan could penetrate the hearts of the conditioned souls and personally had realized, foreign as it seemed to American life, that there was a place for Krishna consciousness. Already they were seeking after yogis and the Mayavadi mission had a building uptown. Indian dancers and musicians drew crowds. And Prabhupada, alone on the Bowery, had attracted an artistic set who came to chant with him. If he could only stay and persevere, he knew that it would work. But when his roommate went, roommate went crazy, Prabhupada had nowhere to go. A few days he stayed with Michael Grant. Then Carl gave him a place, despite his wife's resentment. She feared the Swami would change her man into a liberated soul, free of illicit sex and drugs. Prabhupada knew he wasn't wanted. Precariously, he waited, 
asking friends to find another place. In Carl's refrigerator, he saw meat and had to put his own fruits and vegetables there. If he, if he could not bear it, then he would have to give up preaching in America. So he prayed to Krishna. What can be done? Please protect me and allow this mission to come forth. On a hot day in June, he moved, walking 10 blocks to the new address. He was never really of the Bowery, yet he lived amongst its residents, always kind and profound, giving them the best of spiritual life. They were not eligible to know the mysteries of Radha Krishna or the Uddhava Gita or the Bhagavad Gita, but he gave them whatever they could take. The Gita is only for the devotees, said Prabhupada. Others will think the Lord's injunction, surrender everything to me and I will protect you, is too much to ask. Devotees have faith, faith in the word of Krishna. Devotees are somehow or other became convinced that Krishna speaks the truth in the Bhagavad Gita. And therefore, they're ready. They're ready to, um, to somehow or other try this. Sarva dharma parichaya mamikam saranam vraja aham tam sarva pa pevyo moksha isyas ma sucha ha to somehow or other surrender, uh, to surrender to, the, to, to Krishna and the devotee uh, adjust his life. Patram pusvam valam yo valam to yam, eating a fruit, a flower, a leaf. Yakya sistas, you know, something muchante because one, unless one takes remnants of food offered in sacrifice, one eats only sin. And to become sinless, Anagam. That became the uh, the objective. Um, they began to see because they had seen. Uh, they had seen. They had seen the darkness. They had seen the emptiness. Uh, yes, they'd seen uh, people lost in the city and seen all the sinful activities, and they were tired. Tired of these things. Uh. Surrender everything to me and I will protect you is too much to ask. Then in the beginning of the Gita, we inquired where Krishna explains the body is not the self. Is this at least suitable for the non-devotee? Proud replied, no, that is also only for the devotee. Who else can understand the spirit soul, eternal servant of God? They have to become devotees. Second Avenue, with traffic pouring, noisily past the front, seemed not an ideal theater, but the souls were falling off from here. And so it was a good place to catch them. He walked out in his new neighborhood and saw the gas station people and the tombstone people, and they saw him. The Empire State Building was plainly in view, like a huge hypodermic needle, standing falsely proud, and the plain of the avenue was sprawling uptown into congestion and sordid lives. Prabhupada was used to New York and ready for a step forward, a fresh, as fresh and eager as a young boy. Um, <coughs> Prabhupada was not mentally retired. Uh, Prabhupada was mentally eager eager to go forward and to preach, uh, to preach Krishna consciousness. So this is, is really 
uh, wonderful. This is the true spirit. Uh, the spirit of, uh, yes, of being a devotee. Uh, the spirit of somehow or other uh, being a devotee and preaching Krishna consciousness. That is the spirit that we require. Yes. Prabhupada was, uh, was very eager, uh, very eager to, to go forward and to do something. Unlike most elderly persons who, who want to wind down you know, after a hectic life, when the energies in life go down, uh, they want to slow down and rest and retire, but not Prabhupada. Prabhupada was young and fresh and ready to take on the world. A small storefront was all he had. He walked inside, surveying, hopeful. From the second floor apartment's window, fruitless trees in the courtyard and a gas station to the left. All right, from here, I will try again. At night, in the storefront, under a single bulb, Vaishnav Tilak marking his golden forehead, his expert, shapely hands and fingers, gripping the cartel cords. He looked out at the motley crowd. He sat on the floor on a straw mat, the same level as day, leading the chant. When he spoke, they did not know. That was the amazing thing, that Prabhupada came to the lower east side and came down to the level of the people. He was a topmost personality who dealt directly, uh, directly with people. And as a result, as a result, he made devotees. As a result, there was success. Uh, this is, is the thing, a, a topmost personality who came down to ground level and actually stood face to face uh, with conditioned souls. This will make the difference, but it's not easy. It is not easy because it also means one has to associate with the lower modes of nature, with ignorance, passion, with madness, with lust, with greed, with, with, with so, many, uh, so many means of material contamination. Bhagavad Gita or Mahabharata or refined Vedic manners, or Kshatriyas, or Prasad, they did not know his Bengali Vaishnav childhood, his lifetime in preparation, his father, his Guru Maharaj, the wars, riots, famines, the British Ras, Gandhi, Nehru, his years in Delhi sacrificing, they did not know Vrindavan or Lord Chaitanya. All they knew was Western gadgets and philosophies, blue jeans, suicides, rock and roll, and LSD, the most educated, thought him to be a Hindu, but Prabhupada was not contemptuous or unnerved by them. He was grateful they had come. His 10 months in America had been hard, so a few eager persons were dear to him. His talk was standard. Krishna the Supreme is good for everyone. The message needed no updating. He urged them with fervor and with logical discourse from the Acharyas, Jiva, Rupa, Sanatan. He was lecturing on how everyone can can serve the Lord. When a Bowery bum entered, whistling and stumbling and carrying toilet paper rolls, marking his way up front, the grizzled bum donated the rolls at Prabhupada's feet, then exited. 
Prabhupada smiled and said, just see. He's not in order, but he thought, here is something. Let me give some service. Midway in his lecture, an arguer stood up. Wait a minute, man. I want to speak. Prabhupada had to handle them like a lion tamer, an amused philosopher, a tolerant saint, a stern defender of the storefront. Kirtan captured the singers, shut up the outside world of trucks and street shouts. The sounds rang rhythmically, shining with golden rays, comforting and gladdening the hearts of those who tried it. Mm, kirtan. Um, so by, by this kirtan, um, he could hold them for two hours. In the last minute, they were most receptive, watching as he cut an apple into halves, quarters, eighths, and serve it from a wooden bowl. For the moment, they were all his disciples. Then they bolted out the door into the artificial night, pursuing fantasies of desire, unaware they could surrender. He liked the people who came, fallen though they were, were, and he remained with them, extending his love, Gita scholar and Krishna knower, tending to the world. He was a true minister on the Lower East Side. Mm. A Greek Gita scholar and Krishna knower, uh, a true minister on the Lower East Side. Yes. A lower east side voice. A guru means you can take from him spiritual information, like a priest or a mystic, a scholar of the text, but to live with him or to be his servant is asking a little too much. Yes. Yes, it was much more involved than just, uh, all right, you know, getting some uh, ideas, getting some inspirations, getting... Uh, no. Uh, so far, everyone had read from various books. Uh, so many were seekers. Uh, one of the hippie prophets was Jack Kerouac, who wrote a book called On the Road. Um, and it was influenced by Buddhist philosophy. And speaking about Dharma, or you had Aldous Huxley, who in 1945 took LSD and wrote a book about it called The Doors of Perception. Uh, so many writers and prophets, Timothy Leary and so on, the hippie movement was alive. Uh, Ram Dass, uh, Richard Alpert had gone to India and came back as some sort of a a teacher, but what he brought back was certainly from India and and had some connection with Vedic culture, but it was impersonalism and it, it didn't have that that pure and potent uh, potent bhakti, that potent dedication of devotional service that the Swami carried. And now suddenly it was, everything is bhakti. Every moment is devotional service. Everything is meant, is meant for Krishna's pleasure. Not part-time, not just take some, some philosophy, um, a big philosophy, and then uh, a few hours later, engage 
in the graded activity. Um, that was the situation. Um, intoxication, illicit sex, gambling, meat eating, all these things were just as much part of hippie life as of the so-called establishment. Um, the hippies had, had a desire to get out of the materialistic way uh, of the mainstream society. But in their own subculture, uh, the, the same illicit activities were also there. Mm. A guru is like a mentor. You could say Bob Dylan is a guru, Timothy Leary an LSD guru. So the Swami is a genuine guru uh, of the Vedic spiritual realm. But I mean, you can regard him as a guru without being his follower. He lives alone, I think. We go there sometimes and sing with him. He doesn't have much money. After his kirtan, he passes a, a basket. I think he must live on that. And he may sell some of his books. When he says, what he says seems to be true, teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, the self is eternal. Krishna is the name of God. And if you always chant Hare Krishna, you'll get self-realization. It's great that he's on the Lower East Side. It adds to the scene to have a genuine guru who gives out food. And if you want to get high, try chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Are you on? Are you on? Ram, Ram, Hare Hare. Yes. And as we can see, the casual relationship, uh, the casual relationship that people had with Krishna consciousness. And we face the same challenges today. When we want to present Krishna consciousness to people, the same issues, the same casualness, uh, people, some people are interested, but are they ready, ready to just go further? Are they ready to, um, to, to, uh, to become involved? Uh, Prabhupada involved them, um, not only in chanting, but in serving, um, Prabhupada, when Prabhupada started to get some followers, he, uh, he trained them. He, you began to gather them. They came to you, to you, Keith and Chuck and Howard and Wally and Mike and Steve and Ray and Bruce and Stanley and Bob and Jim looking up to you with the first inkling that one has to surrender to the guru. Spending the summer in coming to you, taking the, the storefront and your back room as hallowed places, religiously attending the evening classes, they effortlessly gave up drugs while losing a taste for illicit sex, not trying to give these up, but like a snake throwing off his old skin, they came to you. The first to consider you as their spiritual master, enjoying your elderly spiritual company, ragtag eclectic use, but plain and simple enough to see clear truth through the mind's confusion that you are their spiritual master. Hmm. The hot city summer passing, their lives came to new birth, confiding to one another. This is really it. We should not kid ourselves and assume to know everything. Swami is telling the truth. We try to be smart over what we've read and what drugs and women we've known. There's nothing to be proud of. Let's faith it. He's our spiritual guide, a kindergarten of spiritual life, a 
a free grounds of learning for the first time. They unlearned the old empirical ways, gaining hope in God consciousness, what they always wanted. Mm. He said, the snake uh, is sheds its skin, leaves the old behind, um, the drugs. Uh, it seemed so exciting. Uh, something, something promising, stepping into other dimensions of consciousness, uh, another experience. Everyone was doing it. It was just the 60s. Everyone was, <clears throat> was trying it around the world. Young people were trying, trying now um, and for themselves to see where it would bring them. There was some desire. There was some desire for something else than the pure, just mundane, stifled life that their parents had surrendered to, uh, a life of compromise, a life that was not aimed at, at real, real happiness, a life simply based on material comfort. That, that did not make sense. No, they could not, uh, they could not believe in that. So searching, seeking, not knowing anyway, uh, somehow or other, um, it made sense. And whether we're speaking about those first people who met the Swami on the, uh, on the Lower East Side in New York, or whether we speak about all those people who came later anywhere else in the USA or in the world, um, it was the same. It was the same. Tired of the old looking for new, not knowing where to look. But somehow or other, Prabhupada generated faith because he was selfless and he was a dedicated follower of what he, what he taught. One could see that, that he was really uh, genuine. The Swami said, I'm not God, but the Guru is as good as God. For a week they misunderstood, thinking he said that he was God. They went to him and he clarified, no, never God, but servant of God. But therefore you should honor. The Swami said, we're going on an outing to Dr. Mishra's ashram to show them how to chant with heart and soul and to, be, and to be together in the countryside. One day you should also aspire to get such a place for Krishna. The Swami said, if I told you everything at once, you would faint. You should all become devotees, hours and hours of inquiry, days and nights in learning and dreams. That, that the Swami is like Krishna and we are Juna. That the Swami is really like a beautiful youth. Each wants to be alone with him for the confidential exchange, to ask the questions. A little child can ask his father, why is the sky blue? Where does God come from? Can I really be saintly and not slide back again? and taking private assurance from him. LSD is not needed, the Swami said. Your spiritual life is already here. Whatever he said was passed around, slowly at first, some still skeptical, joking on his name, the Swami, old Swami cigars, old Swami rum, they said. But I, but I said, ah, don't joke about him. Swami said, we're going to the UN. 
in sneakers and jeans. They rode the bus to UN Plaza, but were not allowed kirtan. This is a silent vigil, but Prabhupada adjusted, standing erect with morning river breezes, rustling his saffron, he spoke, and he said with his boys, chanting Japa in a ring around the monument, these vigils will never work, he said, unless they turn to Krishna. Ah, yes. How can one make peace in the world? The United Nations were born out of the Second World War. Um, just like, like this youth. Um, and the United Nations were an attempt, um, an attempt of, uh, of various people, including Eleanor Roosevelt and some lawyers to create peace in the world. But could they? Uh, could they do such a thing? Not likely. Uh, not likely at all. Um, only. Um, but the Swami, the Swami had a secret. Um, the Swami had a secret by which he could give pure devotional service. Um, and they went to the UN, but they were not allowed to chant. And anyway, they chatted Japa. Uh, there was also a band, and they, they, they did play some music, and it was about uh, smoking banana peels. Some people were into smoking banana peels. They scraped the inside of the, of the peel and they would smoke that, thinking it might have some hallucinogenic effect. Uh, I have no idea if it's really, if it did anything. Uh, but uh, people were trying. So there was a band dressed up like bananas. And Prabhupada just laughed when he saw that. Laughed and laughed at how ridiculous, to what extent uh, of madness people were going. Mm. Mm. So, um, on this day of Srila Prabhupada's appearance, we want to uh, glorify Srila Prabhupada for his, uh, for the great sacrifice that he made. And we want to understand that he persevered amongst great difficulty and that it wasn't that people were just surrendering to him, but he didn't give up. And then gradually, gradually Prabhupada managed to, uh, yeah, to convince people and, and some became his followers and in due course of time um, Prabhupada pushed forward because Prabhupada always had that vision that his movement would be greater and greater and greater and, and take and spread all over the world and now we are here today uh, celebrating his appearance day in different countries all over the world. Some countries have already celebrated uh, it a day earlier, like in America. And, but the whole world now celebrates, uh, celebrates the great gift that Srila Prabhupada brought to the world. Therefore, we're very happy, very happy that on this 
auspicious day, uh, on this auspicious day, we can just spend a little time, just a little time, remembering Srila Prabhupada. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, ki jai. Srila Prabhupada, Vyasa Puja, Mahotsava, ki jai. Anantakoti, Vaisnava, Vindaki jai.